Hi, I'm Michael Markey with my wife here, Vanessa. Vanessa, do you know what grinds my gears, wilts my Wheaties, just ruins my day? Having to wear name tags at events that you're asked to be at? I hate, yeah. You know, yes, but no. I don't want to talk about name tags. What else then? Well, because then just random people come up and start talking to you like they know who you are, but then I feel guilty because I don't know who they are, but Here's I think the they're supposed Here's to the know. Here's the deal. They also have a name tag. Yeah, but I don't know who they are. Great. Lice. Make friends. I'm an extroverted introvert. Anyhow, lice, the big, well, little, creepy, crawly white things that have found their way into our daughter's hair for the second time. Yeah, because you've had to deal a whole lot with the lice. Well, I've been avoiding it like SARS. No, no, no. I don't want to get it. This is the extent of your lice problems. You went to the store. You went to the pharmacy. You cleared said pharmacy out of lice stuff which is a lot. I'm just going to let y'all know. And then you're the only person I know that goes to the grocery aisle, picks out a rack of lamb, some sushi, and some red wine to take home. Well, it was going to be a late night. And says, here's all the lice stuff, honey. I'm going to go make myself some, some lamb. I got the sushi for you, but yes, the lamb was for me. On that note, yes, that grinds my gear. Lice, bad. Got to figure out how to ban lice. We keep banning illegals. Ban lice for Pete's Pete sake. <laughs> Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation. I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. All right, and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. We are your host, Michael and Vanessa Markey. And it is our joy, our pleasure. It's, you know, our, our goal here. It always sounds odd, but we do. We believe we can change people's lives by changing the way people look at money, clarifying its purpose, because it's a tool which means it doesn't have meaning, it has purpose, and clarifying are these dollars meant for giving or are they meant for spending, because that's all you can do with money. Why do you think so many people, you start talking about finance with people and what happens? Their eyes glaze over. Yeah, you talk they about- They just kind of go, oh, hey, there goes Mike again on a it's tirade. Like finance, taxes, or math- the three things I'm good at and people's eyes glaze over. Talk about being given a gift that no one appreciates. Whew. Make it more exciting then, honey. Well, let's do that. Today, we've got a great show today. We're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about a, a product that's very controversial. It seems you can go on one website, they'll say they're great. Talk to one advisor, they say they're the best thing since sliced bread. But then another advisor, oh, they're bad. They're a ripoff. They did, they're the... Erosion of the middle class. 
a little bit over dramatic. Then we're going to talk about, I think we're going to end on New Year's resolutions. You did some research for us on that. Yes, I did. And then we're going to talk about driving through the desert. I like that one. Mm-hmm. So first, let's talk about annuities. Um, that is the controversial product that people seem to say it's great or it's bad. Let's pause there real quickly, though. If somebody's telling you that something's always good or always bad, isn't that a problem just in itself? Correct. How is something always good or always bad? If it's been around for decades and there are tens, if not not tens, there's hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars in them. You're telling me that everybody who's ever used one, bought one, sold one is an idiot? Apparently, according to some people, yes. (laughs) Well, let's, let's step outside the financial world because one of the things you and I have found is when we're talking to people that if we talk about finance, whether it's finance, math, taxes, eyes glaze over, as you said. Mm-hmm. But if we give an analogy outside the financial world, then we bring it back in. It makes it a lot easier to understand. Correct. Which is because people's eyes glaze over because they don't understand what you're talking about. And then they just go, well, Mike's going to go off and do his thing. And then, okay, we're back. <laughs> I think they glaze over when you start talking. But why don't we simplify this or put it in layman's terms. How does that sound? Perfect. So let's go to your business. Mm -hmm. You you work at City Glass and Mirror. Yep. What do you guys do? Shower doors, mirrors, windows, well, replacement windows. We don't do like the full thing. Closet systems. I mean, anything that has to do with glass. Easy enough. So here I am. Let's say we're not related. And no, that's not an insight into our future. (laughs) Um, I come in. Yep. And I'm a handyman, let's just say. Okay. Um, and I'm going to start referring some of my customers to you, and I mm-hmm. would like to start using you. But, uh, you know, I don't do that much with glass. I, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. Right. Um, are you going to give me better pricing than somebody who just comes in for a one time? They need their screen fixed. Yes. Yep. Typically, we there's a... I don't want to say common pay structure. There's a common pricing tier mm-hmm. that we typically use. Retail people that just walk in, they get retail pricing mm-hmm. because they're going to come in. Doesn't matter. For a, yeah. Right. For a shower door once every 10 years. Um, handymen who will maybe come in once a month, once every other month. Um, they get a specific percentage off because mm-hmm. they're reoccurring business, but sure. not significant and, you know, not huge. Yep. And then we have builders that do. worth of business a year with us. They get a... And some huge builders. Yes, they get a big discount Mm -hmm. because they come back more than once a month. So, and the bulk of your business is from these larger builders. Correct. So, and this is going to sound kind of like an oxymoron, but just play along with me here for a minute. Um, You're discounting then. You're taking Mm -hmm. a smaller profit margin. You're making less dollars per hour of labor then. Correct. On your biggest segment, your biggest piece of your incoming revenues. Right. How, why on earth would you ever do that? We could, now time out. Don't make that face that you just started to make. You could instead maybe get a little bit more sales staff. And while the market's good right now, and I don't mean stock market, I mean housing market. It's good. You guys are really, really busy. Mm -hmm. You could make a lot more money by getting a lot of the higher margin business. So you're discounting a finite source. So you only have so many hours you can go have the guys work unless you hire more guys, but then you have more cost. Right. So you got a finite number of units that you can um, install Mm -hmm. and bill. 
mm-hmm. and you're going to highly discount those to to somebody because they give you the bulk, but that's kind of counterproductive. So I'm going to take a smaller profit margin on a huge amount of business when I could take higher profit margins on right. you know, that same business. So right. why on earth but would you do that? Because I know that they will be there. When? When things get bad. But things don't get bad that often. You can they see get them coming. Bad you see the warning signs. Okay, but the still, bubbles. I mean, here's the deal. Your, your small onesie, twosie handymen, they're going to be the first to go. Mm-hmm. Your retail customers actually are going to be the first to go before them because people start... Putting it off. Yeah. You're, cramping you're down on their spending. I'm yeah. sorry, but your... Your window starts to fog, fog up a little bit, and you, you're going to... But you, you're not confident in your employment. You don't replace the window. It's fine. Just put... Correct. You wait until you sell the house to replace it because then at that point you have to. Right. Or like you can put a shower curtain up for $15 as opposed to spending six, seven, eight, but what, 1200 on a shower door. So what you're saying is this then, that they give you stability mm-hmm. and that you don't know when the markets are going to go the other way. Correct. There's sometimes some indicators and some gut feelings, yep. but sometimes you can be way, 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 way off. Mm-hmm. Because it was easy for every builder to predict the next time the housing was going to crash, slow down, then why would any builder ever go out of business? They wouldn't because they would apparently have a magical table. That makes but no one has work. it. Big builders right. who are really smart, who have done a really good long time, who are really good at what they do, still go out of business sometimes, yes? Absolutely. 2008 was bad for builders. And, but that's not a category. It was bad, but it wasn't cataclysmic. It's happened before and it will happen again. Right. And so the idea that I'm giving you is why on earth would you lower the ability to make money on a finite source, the number of units you can produce? Um, and you said you'd do it because... Security. Security. I, I exactly. know that they will be there. They might cut back. They might not do 150 houses when it's a bad year. They might only do 100, but that's still 100 more houses than what the handyman's going to do. And when you have a downturn, though, if you don't have that um, base, mm-hmm. that stability, that security, then you would have to make some decisions that would be uncomfortable. Correct. You may have to lay people off. Right. Lower hours. Mm-hmm. Use an inferior product, right? You may yep. start using a cheaper product so you can make more per install. I'm not saying you guys have ever done that, but those are right. decisions. Right, so I mean, people do that. Decisions you'd have to consider. Yes. So to avoid that, you're willing to make less per job on one people that bring you bulk so you can have security and stability. Correct. Now, if you're listening right now, I would say most people listening right now, do you think that they um, feel that that's a foolish concept as being, even if they're not a business owner, do you think that resonates with people? Absolutely. I think it makes rational sense that you would do that. You would discount a big bulk of your business to something that was secure and stable. Mm -hmm. What we just described is an annuity. When people start talking about (laughs) mind blown, but what we just described there is an annuity. And yet, when you start talking to a financial professional, they want to talk about the index. They want to talk about the separate account, this rider, that rider. They add all this stuff to it that makes it confusing. But in the end, an annuity is just a source of income, stability, security, so that when things are bad, which we're going to talk about when we come back from the break, but when things are bad, which you can't really predict. Right. And financial professionals tell you they can all the time. If we got online right now, and we did a little Google search and we looked at financial firms. I'll bet you we could find a mission statement, vision statement, or what's the other statement say? Value proposition statement. That would sound something like this. Our firm has senior management that have been through the good and the bad of the market. And they can predict what's going to come. You ruined it for me. 
They say it nicer than that, though, don't they? They say, well, what our, our team will take our clients not only to, but through retirement while helping them avoid the potential pitfalls of negative market performance. What are they really saying? Our team's really good at this, that they know when things are going to get bad and we'll protect our clients. Is that true, though? No, nobody can do that. But uh, that was, it was more of a rhetorical question. However, when we come back, let's start right there. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone. And that is exactly why I have you on the show. Why? I don't know. To just to say welcome back? Because you you forgot to jump in? You bring some energy to the show. Before the break, though, we talked about uh, your business, installing closet doors and how you would work with retailers. Closet shelving. Okay. But how you're willing to take a lower margin, profit margin, Mm -hmm. on a larger client. Correct. Customer, whatever you want to call it. Builder, right? Yep. And then we use that as an analogy for an annuity. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get in the weeds about what a variable annuity is and a fixed annuity and a fixed index and a single... Because people's eyes will start to glaze over again and they'll start drooling. Like yours just were starting to. <laughs> but what I think we can talk about, we finished with what was going to be, thank you very much, a rhetorical question, which was, I'll bet you every financial firm online, we could find something that says, our senior management... They have so much experience that they will take our clients not only to, but through retirement while helping them avoid the potential pitfalls of negative market interactions, behaviors, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And what they're really saying is what? In layman's terms, give it to us. We're going to let you know when it's going to crash and you're not going to crash. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you out in time. Right. So I started thinking about this and it hit me. Do you remember last summer? When I was at our Norton Shores office with our 10-year-old mm-hmm. and somebody backed into us. Yeah. Now, I won't give the whole story to everybody, but here's what happened. Our parking lot is split up this way. There's a line of trees and there's parking against the trees and then all the way towards the front of the building, there's parking there. And then in between, there's a boulevard with parking on either side. This person was in a big black truck all the way against the trees and I was all the way up front in front of the building. Mm-hmm. So he came, he backed up all the way across a lane of traffic, I guess you could say a row, a boulevard, another row, backs into us while we're barely out of our space. We're about a third of the way, two thirds of the way still in our space. He backs up into us. Now I can see this happening in my rear view mirror. I'm watching it enough that I'm able to honk the horn. I think our son even turned around and started yelling, hey, (laughs) which doesn't surprise me. And I almost got it back into drive. I was mad about that for a few weeks thinking if I had gotten it back in the drive, I wouldn't have gotten rear-ended until I realized he hit me a third of the way out of the space. What does an extra three feet mean? Right. Well, he still would have bashed in Yeah, you. exactly. So I give you that story because what if I were to say this? What if I came to this conclusion? You know, I should be the one to teach our kids how to drive. Actually, any of our nieces and nephews, I should be the one to teach them because I've been in an accident now. 
And I can nope. see it happening all in my rearview mirror. I have the experience and the know-how to make sure that if something like that's going to happen, that I can teach them, I can help them avoid any, that ever happening because I've been in an accident. Except Does that make you sense? Can't, no, no, you can't because you can't control other people. Yet financial firms all the time tell you they can control the market and they can predict and get you out before anything bad happens. Isn't that, I know as a professional, we're really not supposed to use the word crash. So let's just call it a necessary downturn, necessary correction to the upward movement of a financial index. And eyes glazed over again. But if we were to call it a crash, isn't that the same thing as getting a fender bender? Right. So with a fender bender, it makes perfect sense that we can't just avoid it. That because you have behaviors and you have other people part of the equation that there are going to be things that happen that you didn't predict that you didn't see coming because sometimes it just happens correct but yet in the financial markets they say they can that is why people use an annuity i'm not saying that annuity is a save all it's a cure all everyone should have one i'm saying that it's a stream of predictable income correct and if it made sense when we talked about a business that as a business owner you would take on a customer, a larger volume customer and make less per unit or whatever it is, that that made sense for that security, then it makes sense for an annuity. Right. Or it makes sense to have that discussion on one. Right. And that is what's always surprised me with negativity. We get this, this is good, this is bad. I've always thought of it like a spade shovel. Um, And I know we've used this analogy before, but if we gave our kids a spade shovel, three spade shovels, Mm -hmm. and we told them to dig an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Now, they're kids, so they have to do it. We could take away all their privileges until they were finished. They'd be out there for years. Let's say it took them all summer, just as a hypothetical. Okay. What would they think of that spade shovel at the end of the summer? They'd hate it. How long would that distaste last? Forever. They would be... I could envision our kids being 60 years old, going into a Home Depot, if those still exist, and then seeing a spade shovel on sale on... <laughs> Go figure they marked it down 25% just so some idiot will buy it. They got to do that just so somebody would be dumb enough to buy one of those things. Right. Right. A negative experience can shape us forever. Certainly not only weeks, but decades. Well, you also, you bring up the spade shovel. Okay. So that is a tool for a specific thing. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't give your kid a spade shovel to go shovel the driveway. No. That would be stupid. And then if they said spade shovels are the dumbest tool, mom. Was it really the spade shovel? No. It's the was, way you used it. Right. Before we go on break, let me finish with this. We I talk about broke a lot. And when I say broke, I don't mean necessarily the point at which somebody runs out of money. I mean the point at, in retirement when you've got to change the things you're doing because that you wouldn't, if things hadn't changed, you wouldn't otherwise make this decision. That's broke or a form of it. When's the most stressful time of somebody going broke? When you're on the way there. When you realize. You're going broke. It's going to happen. I think of it like driving through the desert. It'll work, I promise. No eyes glazed, promise. All right. If you're driving through the desert and you realize you only have enough fuel to go another 100 miles and you're driving along the highway and you see the next fuel up station and it says 200 miles. So let's imagine it's us. I'm in the front seat driving. Yep. You're, you're in the passenger seat. We got the kids in the back. Now, the kids in the back, our 10-year-old would certainly give us his opinion on what we should do. Because he gives us his opinion on everything. So he's going to say what? Dad, I think what you should do is drive 85 miles an hour. That way, you've got you know less wind resistance and you, you've got momentum. He would use something like that. Yes, he would. 
And then maybe we try that. We go, well, that doesn't seem to be working. Now, my theory would be, let's drive 72 miles an hour, but let's turn off the air conditioning, keep the windows up so we don't create any negative uh, drag or resistance. We're going we're gonna to sweat to death and probably so bake about, about slowly in the car. 15 minutes, but... you're going to tell me, uh-uh, that's not working. No. And then you may come up with a third strategy. And you know what happens internally? We start arguing about the merits of all these different strategies. The merits and the disadvantages of this over that over this over that. Right. So the arguments, the stress, the anxiety, did it start? Did it happen when we run out of gas? No. No, it started when you knew you were going to run out of gas. And then you argue about the best way to um, defer, delay that from happening. Correct. Those are the things that are being ignored in traditional financial planning. Most people listening right, right now, you probably don't even really have a financial plan. No. Most people right now haven't talked really about how to take income. They haven't talked about what broke really means because I hate to say it, but you know what? It happens. Well, and most people are going, well, that'll never be me. I'll never be broke. And I guess the question I would ask is, do you have a plan? If you, Yes. <laughs> but if they don't. Right. If you don't. You know, it's time to get that second opinion. Go to one of our workshops. We have them at, the, at libraries for a reason. Now, you might say, well, it's on Social Security. It's on retirement. Social Security is a big pillar of that retirement. So go to one of those. You can go online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. It's LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. You can find them there. Uh, you can sign on right there or call our office, 616-589-4004. It's 589-4004. And our staff, they'll sign you up. I promise you they will. Um, and you'll get a nice cookie. We'll be right back. Every great day has a beginning and every bad day has an ending. Many of you will start and finish each day in your bathroom. Have you ever noticed that when you go to a new hotel, the thing you want to see most is how nice your bathroom is. You'll take a look at the shower, the shower door, the glass, the handles, the hinges. Let my friends, my family, the pros at City Glass and Mirror, they've been here for over 50 years now. Let them design your dream bathroom. Let them help you start each day and end each day in your oasis. They can design it with vision and passion and they will give you an accurate quote. They won't give you a low quote just to try to win your business because they want you to be happy. Give them a call at 616-842-3740. 616-842-3740. Visit them on the web at cityglassgh.com. At cityglassgh.com. Or again, give them a call. 842-3740. All right, and welcome back to the third and final segment, everyone, of Fireproof Your Retirement. It really is our pleasure, and I can't say that enough. We love being with you here, and we get excited. Some of the stories we get in, and when we know that it's making an impact, it, it it's fun. Yeah. Making finance fun. Putting the fun back in finance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we've talked about annuities so far. We've talked about what going broke means. We've talked about just because if you're in one car accident, can you predict another? No. So if you're in one car accident, will it, will it ever happen again? Sure. I had somebody the other day, I used that analogy, and you know what she said? She looks at me and she goes, well, I've been in three. <laughs> I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be driving. She goes, well, it wasn't my fault. I go, fair uh -huh. enough. But you, uh, you came up with something you want to talk about today. Oh, New Year's resolution since it's that time of year. Right. And, um, well, actually, I saw something on Facebook, some of the, one of those stupid little memes or whatever, um, that said, I'm going to 
this New Year's, I am going to open a gym mm-hmm. for the first two weeks, have it full of gym equipment, and then from week two on, it's just going to turn into a bar. <laughs> Which is funny because, right. let's be serious, that's how long a New, New Year's, Year's resolutions right. last. Yeah, you gave me some statistics on it. Yes, that- I believe, because um, I looked it up, I was like, well, you know, that's, <laughs> excuse me, that's... um. That's funny. What? How long do people actually keep New Year's resolutions? And so, wasn't it? It's like well, 66. So two thirds of people who actually make New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. don't make it through the first month. Right. One month or less. Two thirds are gone, done, abandoned a month or less after they're made. In. And yep. then 80% don't make it through the first quarter. Right. 80% are done, abandoned before April. Right. Or by April, I should mm-hmm. say. And that got us thinking. So if you make a goal, here's what I'm going to do in the new year. And then you fail. How do you feel when that happens? How does anybody feel? Here's what I'm going to do. And then you don't accomplish it. Pretty crappy. Right. You start to feel negative. Right. And you start to feel negative maybe about yourself, negative about life a little bit. Right. So that's not a point to say, don't make New Year's resolutions. It's not even a point saying, well, make a New Year's resolution that's attainable and attractable and all that stuff. It's to say, you know, we're headed to this time where everybody's got some self-destructive behaviors. Correct. I mean, I don't think that's being off-put there. No, everybody has a downfall. Everybody's got something that's their... Kryptonite. Right. There you go. See, I could do Marvel hero references as well. Absolutely. So here's what I see happening. You make a New Year's resolution, and it doesn't have to be a New Year's resolution, but we have a failure. We start to feel a little bit more negatively about ourselves, about mm-hmm. our life, about the path we're on. And then what do we do? What do The two things that most people use to make them feel better. They go shopping or they eat. If Or they you, go shopping and they eat. <laughs> they go eat while they're shopping. <laughs> you know... For a lot of our listeners that have been with us now for a few years, and I know we're on a few new stations, so this is going to be new to some of you for sure. Losing weight is incredibly similar, parallel to finances. We tend to have the same self-destructive behaviors in both. Right. Somebody goes on a diet, it starts to work, then they uh, quit because, you know, I don't know, Super Bowl, and then what happens? They eat a bunch more. Why do so many diets when they fail that people end up gaining more weight? Because it's a, it's an it's ideas- a defense mechanism. Right, and it's almost this, well, I, I lost all this weight so I can afford to do these other things. Right. Now, here's the difference between weight loss and finance. Weight loss, let's uh, break it down to calories. So you can eat, say you can burn 3,000 calories a day. You can then consume 3,000 calories a day. Okay. So, We've got a meaningful thing that you can track on a daily basis. I can step on the scale on a daily basis and kind of get a, um, a idea, a barometer to am I being successful with this goal or, or not or not. Now finance though. So if on a daily basis I can consume and burn off 3,000 calories. A lot of people listening on a monthly basis, they consume or spend $3,000. Mm-hmm. So one has that, you know, a meaningful thing on a daily. One's really a monthly Right. It's harder to track. It takes longer then to see trends. Right. Because you make a credit card payment once a month or mm-hmm. what, whatever. You Utilities. Get, yeah. and, 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 you know, the weight you could gain or lose two or three pounds in a day. Not in a day. 
in a week, though, if you really put your head to it. Right. Or really put your head to gaining three pizzas, maybe three pounds. I don't know how it works. Three pizzas? I'm going for it. Okay. But, so, you can see a, a difference on just a weekly basis where even in finance, just a month, you really notice, so if I got $10,000 in savings, but next month I got 10200 did you really see a difference? Not really. It takes maybe six months, maybe even a year to really start to know, am I on the right track? Am I not on the right yeah, track? Have I actually saved some money? So let's be careful. Our advice here isn't to make or not to make New Year's resolutions. The advice here is this, that when you start to have failures in your life, whether it's with your kids, they're yelling at you, they're screaming, they're having, they're struggling in school, their failures become your failures, our failures. So our advice to you as you struggle, as you have failures, be honest with yourself. Have an interview of what are my destructive behaviors. Do I tend to go out to TJ Maxx and then rationalize it going, whoa, it was a $60 shirt. I got it for 15. Cool. But you were fine last week without the shirt. Now you needed it? Well, and here's the other thing. You will have failures. Mm -hmm. So don't let it snowball. Right. So if, if TJ Maxx is your deal, if Amazon's your deal, Home Depot, Myers, stay out of those for a while. Be Have a conversation, a dialogue with your spouse, with somebody to help identify those things so you can work on this together. Don't let one thing make the other worse. And that's so often what happens. On that note, this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. 